Hello, my friends. This is Bishop Campbell welcoming you again to a short meditation on the theme of living the Catholic life. Recently, I was rereading a book that I had first read many years ago, maybe 30 or 40 years ago, uh, a very valuable and very insightful book written by Monsignor Ronald Knox. Many people consider this little book one of the best things he ever wrote, and he entitled it God and the Adam. Now, it was written right after World War II, and in fact, it was written in response to the use of the atomic bombs in Hiroshima and Nagasaki in Japan. Probably uh, the most startling event of World War II, and one that uh, both amazed and, and shocked many people. And uh, it raised many questions among uh, Christians as to the nature of our relationship to the world, to the universe, uh, the use of science for particular ends, and, and so forth. And Monsignor uh, Knox wrote this book to address many of these these issues. And he raised one of the questions which he thought was one of the most important. He offers extraordinary advice to Christians on how to react to this event and how not to overreact, but how to deal with the, the reality of such an advance in our knowledge of the nature of the world and also of our ability to manipulate it. But one of the issues that he was very interested in was the issue of God's providence. That is the Christian teaching that God, who created this entire universe, created us as well, placed us in it, and still is present to it in so many ways. How does God's providence that is, his guiding hand in the affairs of the universe as well as the affairs of the human person. How does it operate, especially at a moment such as the use of the atomic bomb? Is there, in fact, actually someone in control of events and of the movement within creation? Is there someone who is guiding the the work of human persons. And Monsignor Knox makes a, a series of very uh, interesting uh, comments on this. And one is that for people who, as a result of the explosion of the bomb, began to question their own faith in uh, not only God's providence, but in the existence of God himself, the, that perhaps we should look upon the fact that God, who is the creator of the universe, is also its sustainer. And to realize that against the vastness of the universe, any human control or even understanding appears at any moment quite small. 
I think we are sometimes astonished at what we later discover. We are filled with a deep wonder and sometimes even a a bit of distress at what may lie beyond the mysteries that we do not have too much control over. But Monsignor Knox begins by dealing with this in this talk about providence with a very uh, simple Christian understanding that the same creator who created the universe is also the creator of the human soul and has enfolded each one of us into his creative order and into his gracious providence and really awakens in the human soul, in fact, the human mind, a desire to know not only who we are, but why we are here, to know the world in uh, in which we are placed, and to understand our purpose in this world, how we are to live, what are both the limits and the horizons of our existence. And that is part of God's providence as well. But also this touches upon one of the most interesting but more difficult questions of our Christian faith. What is the relationship then between God's will for us and our human freedom to choose and to make and to investigate? That is why I think the feast day that we celebrated yesterday on the 8th of December, the Feast of the Immaculate Conception of Mary, is so interesting a feast day and so important for our understanding not only the gracious gifts that uh, God showered upon the Blessed uh, Mother, upon the fact that she was to be the mother of the Savior, but also uh, on the the fact that what has happened in the Virgin Mary is, in a sense, what will happen or has already happened in every human life, uh, not in such a unique fashion, perhaps, but in fact, in the Immaculate Conception of Mary, keeping her from all sin from the moment of being brought into existence in the womb of her mother, is a kind of foretaste of what happens to us in our baptism, in the assumption of Mary. Being taken up into heaven, is that not a foretelling of the assumption of ourselves at the last day of our being raised from the grave to be in heaven? But when we look at the understanding of that Immaculate Conception, I think the whole question of the providence of God comes to the fore. Because from the very moment of her conception, God was preparing Mary for her role in God's providential plan for the renewal and the salvation of the human race, which after all he made in his image and likeness. Now the working of the providence of God in Mary was hidden from most human expectation. And this so often happens in the uh, revelation of God's providence, 
that in a sense it both surprises the humans and allows them to understand that maybe by our human reckoning we may have gone down a wrong path and we have to begin to understand as God teaches us to look at things as God sees them. And we know of this through the revelation of God's love for us in Jesus Christ. So that when, in fact, the moment of fulfillment came of her role as the mother of the Savior in Bethlehem, we notice that there were very few who said, Aha, this is the hand of God. This is how he answered the prayers for the redemption of Israel. And we remember that this preparation taking place, this expectation of revealing uh, the hand of God in our lives, was something that involved ancient Israel as it was waiting for God to reveal this hand in difficult times. Oh, many people were uh, ready to say, okay, here it is, this is what it will come And our Lord warned them, you know, just don't go running around saying, oh, the Lord is here, the Lord is there. But learn how to discern the signs when, in fact, God chooses to reveal his purpose to us. And we read in so many of the Psalms, oh, Lord, how long? And in a sense, isn't this the prayer of Advent that we pray to our Lord, reveal to us the working of your life among us? Oh, Lord, how long? And as we long for the fulfillment of the kingdom in Jesus Christ's second coming, we still pray that he reveal it in our own individual lives because the same God whose providence led Mary from the moment of her conception to her assumption along that path of our redemption is the one who enters into the lives in the heart of soul of every single purpose, uh, every person, every faithful member of God's church. And this divine providence in work in each of us prompts us, I think, to a number of considerations. One is, in fact, the realization that just as Mary had to give her consent to the role that God had shaped for her in uh, salvation history, we too have a freedom to say yes or no. But it is a freedom that is exercised at its most powerful time when we have discerned how God's providence is working in our lives, drawing us to a particular vocation in our life, a particular meeting, whether, in fact, that revelation come early or late, do we recognize it? As Mary recognized the voice of God through Gabriel, by her preparation through prayer and devotion and understanding of the scriptures that she meditated upon every day of her life. So in this Advent, remember that uh, the initial part of our vocation is learning how to recognize it and training ourselves to accept it. For in fact, knowing that to which our Lord is calling us, understanding that his providence, his care, his mercy, and his grace is present to us always, 
and learning how through the Christian discipline of prayer and works, we uh, teach ourselves how to accept it when it comes. We pray, good Lord, give us the knowledge to know when, the understanding to discern its purpose, and the power simply to say yes. 